Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 91. Coming at you from the Ming True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher, the Big E. And we've got a full cast, not quite the full cast, but a pretty large crew here this week. Joining me in studio is, first I'll mention Sean. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Member of the Tideway 22 crew. Also... Secretary Shauna is here with us. Secretary Shauna, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Fantastic. And then also joining us from the Facebook Messenger room, Justin Dahl, the coach. Justin, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be back. Business is about to pick up, guys. And because I wasn't here last week, I get to jump on board and say congratulations to you and Secretary Shauna on your engagement, guys. I'm happy for you. Great thank news. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, uh, just before the show, I uh, misplaced my ring, so that was a little bit of a panic. It's a good start. It's a good start. Yeah. We've, we've been trucking along. You made it almost a full two weeks without losing it, though, so. True. That's been great. True. All right. So as usual, before we get in the episode, we got to talk about our partners. First, there's Monkey Knife Fight. Play the contest. Put money in your pocket. Plenty of Giants to pick from this last week if you were playing along. Not so much on the Packers then. You would have probably gotten Lazard and one of the running backs probably would have been a good choice. So that was always, you know, that's a good route to go. And then pick your Giants. You're probably good. But put money in your pocket that way. Also, our friends over at Ray's Energy... Brand new flavor coming out, a Joy Juice after Cordula Joy. Uh, the flavor itself has not been announced, but it's a mixture of Cordula Joy's favorite NASCAR driver. So check it out. He's running the Rays Energy Car in the NASCAR series. Be sure to look at that. And then, as always, go to repsports.com, code ROOT, 4-R-O-O-T, number 4, 15% off any order. That leads us to the actual episode here with what we had rooted for. That is brought to you by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores. Show your love for your team, and we are in the heart of college football season, so show your love for your school. Like Sean and I do with the Badgers, and other people could do with, say, Alabama or Tennessee or you name it, the schools out there. Hashtag college football frenzy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, it's there. Show your love for your school, and we're going to start off with what we had rooted for, and Justin, I'll let you go first. What did I root for? I rooted for a great uh, debut for Jimmy Leonard. Um, you know, really, what what those guys went through, going through it, how much love the, the team, the players, the coaches, they really all had for uh, Paul Christ. Uh, the whole thing was uh, kind of a letdown all the way around, and, and one real good guy had to pay the price for it. Um, that no nobody wanted to happen. Uh, I think even the fans, uh, really deep down, when you look back on it, if he would have won big, and if he if he would have continued to win big, our, the fans in the state of Wisconsin would have loved him to be here for ever, really. Uh, and Jimmy would have, you know, done whatever. Um, but for a great, successful debut, uh, come out, really let Bobby Ingram shine as a play caller. Um, how about Graham Mertz for 299 yards and five tutters? It's like, Woo. who's this team? So, um, yeah, I, that's what I rooted for. I rooted for a great um, a great debut for the, the, the newly led Wisconsin Badgers. 
All right, good stuff, Sean. What did you root for this last week? Uh, I'm gonna go WWE with okay. everything that happened with we talked about. Was it last week or was it was a two weeks, two weeks ago. ago? Two weeks ago with the White Rabbit that finally got um, brought out, and it actually was Bray Wyatt, and he's coming up with a new faction that looks fairly interesting. So I'm liking the way Triple H is doing everything, and hopefully it keeps it up. Yeah, the debut, the the reveal of the White Rabbit was incredible. That was scary. <laughs> it wasn't that scary. It was. I did not like that. It was all dark in there. I would have been like having anxiety attacks. Is it because everybody had a mask on? Oh. I mean, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like the mascot thing. I don't like them. Um, but if I would have been in that crowd, I probably would have been like hyperventilating. <laughs> but it was scary. But no, it was very well done. The lead up, the the videos, the QR codes, everything like that um, really hooked the audience in. And hopefully they don't mess it up going forward. The track record of Triple H says that they probably won't. But the track record of WWE says they probably will. So something's got to give. I'm going to give Triple H the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. until something gets mixed up. Um, but very well done all the way across the board. So very. There was, it was a very, very big pop when... When Bray Wyatt walked out, so. I so I didn't realize this in, in, until I heard about it. Kind of actually on something, um, kind of like the technical side of things. So when Bray Wyatt comes out, he kicks down the door of the the fun house or whatever, mm-hmm. and he has the lantern and he looks into the camera and he whispers something. So why this is mentionable, why this is so cool, is that the microphone on the camera is only supposed to pick up audio from what's directly in front of it. It's got technology to block out everything to the side of it. There's obviously nothing else in front of it except Bray Wyatt. You can't hear what he said. And he didn't mouth it. Like, you can see him verbally say it instead of mouth. But the, the pop in the arena was so loud that it actually made that microphone malfunction inside the camera and screwed up the technology side to it. So that's it just really shows how how loud the crowd went and how cool of a moment that was. So great root for. Yep. Uh, Shauna, what is your root for? Um, I'm not rooting for anything sports related, but my sister and brother-in-law just had a little bit of baby. Actually, she's not a little bitty baby. She's a big baby. <laughs> uh, little Penelope Jane. Uh, so that's what I rooted for this week. We have a new little bean in our house, or in our family, I should say. And uh, we are very, nice. very, very excited. So, yeah, big baby. Yeah, uh, nine fifteen, and uh, twenty one and three quarters inches. So, she was a she was a big big girl. Say it again. Nine fifteen. Nine fifteen. Yep. Holy damn! Ounce <laughs> ounce shy of ten pounds. Nice little double, bowling ball. Double digits. Yep. So, and I was nine fourteen. And 23 inches. So she beat me by an ounce, but I still got the height. So. Not a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great contribution, Justin. <laughs> Great stuff. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I was supposed to say to that. Like, Probably uh, nothing. Just kind of let that, you know, <laughs> let it die there. It's all right. No. What was wrong with what I said? That a girl. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Yep. I'm also going to go a little bit of a non-sports run. I talked about this on the show last week, but uh, Craftoberfest was at the Rush Center, or the Rush Expo, this last weekend. And uh, as part of, with <laughs> Shauna's kind of piggybacking, um, you know, they had the college football game on, so the you know, 
piggybacking on Justin. But they had it was all you could drink for forty five dollars a ticket. We got tickets for free uh, through radio station, not one that I'm employed by, so I'm not going to mention their names here. Um, but we got tickets for free through that, and it was three hours of all these different vendors coming in with all their different um, their craft beers. They had whiskey. They had wine. They had all you name it. They had it uh, for alcohol, and they had games, axe throwing. Uh, the VFW had snacks. They had food trucks. It was just an awesome event. Um, I believe it's in the second or third year now at the Rush Expo. Uh, something definitely I would probably have paid to go to, like looking back, and probably pay to go to next year if we don't get free tickets. But Oh, heck yeah. It uh, was fun. Great Saturday afternoon. Uh, Shauna's family came to town from all walks of Wisconsin and Minnesota for uh, Penelope's birth and to go to this event with us and watch the Packers in London, which we'll get to in a little bit. But very positive all the way around. Like I said, just a great experience. Uh, Rush Expo, top-notch event um, for their new Expo Center there. So loved going to that. Great time. Uh, but with the positives come the negatives. We go from the, what we had rooted for to our Tyler Hero Noogie of the Week. And Justin, I'll let you lead this one off as well. This has to be nothing other than these referees in these games yesterday, guys, um, or or the games on Sunday. The, these ridiculous and, and just horribly called um, roughing the passer calls are just absolute game changers. Um, I don't even know how you play defense in the NFL anymore. In fact, I don't know how you play defense in college football anymore. That's how ridiculous this, these calls are, uh, roughing the passer. And, and you can't hit low. You can't hit high. You can't put your weight on the guy. You can't. How do you tackle the quarterback? How do you sack the quarterback? What, what Jones did yesterday was a Textbook. magnificent play, a, a next-level play, stealing the ball from Carr before he even sacked him. But losing the play because he had a weight-bearing hit on the quarterback, I I don't understand. Like as a fan, I've been a fan for 36 years now at 36 years old, and I don't know. I don't understand football at the highest level right now. And quite frankly, I don't know how to teach my kids in football right now. My, my football players, how do I hit the quarterback right now? Um, because that's how far it's getting down, and it's and really right now it's really bad for the game, and it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on this too. This was actually my nugget of the week as well, and I'm I'm gonna go on officiating at all levels. Um, and I, I, you know, I get that there's referee shortages out there, and I, and on the flip side, I I get why. I, you know, I'm a certified referee for basketball in the state of Wisconsin. I wouldn't want to do it right now either with the cur- current culture of high school games and students and and everything that's out there. I get why people are stepping away from it. But there's also a level of like dedication and like skill that you need to have to not impact a game. And again, this is at every level of competition and not just football either. But we're seeing it in the MLB. We've seen bad umpiring affect multiple games. 
We've seen now the NFL potentially last night because that could have potentially changed the game immensely. Granted, the Chiefs still do go on to win last night, so it didn't ultimately cost them. But that's a point where that's technically like a three-point swing because I think uh, the Chargers or six. the Raiders was it six points? Yeah. It's a, yeah, because they got a field goal off of it. Right. So that's at the very least, Kansas City's in field goal position. Right. So you're right, Justin. That's a six-point. Potentially ten point swing because of of this happening, and it's just baffling to me how. Which of you was that? <laughs> you couldn't tell. Sorry, <laughs> but it's just baffling to me. Like <laughs> I, you know, again, like I said, I'm putting myself in those shoes. I, no one's gonna have a perfect game as an official. I I respect that. I get that. But at the same time, there's a difference between missing the occasional call, putting your and then putting yourself either in a position to impact the game with a major call that you're making that you didn't have to, or missing again potential major calls that definitely also impact the game in that element because you're not making those consistently either. So that is my shared nugget of the week as well. Just at all levels, just not well done in any capacity um, as of late across sports. Sean, you're Ningy of the Week. Um, I'm going to go Chiefs fans. Did okay. You, did you see the half before half, or just as the Raiders were going into halftime? I they, saw that they were very, very verbally upset. They were throwing beer cans and everything. I don't. Yeah, it was. It just shows bad fans for everything, and it just makes fans look bad. Especially Chiefs fans that are usually pretty good, but I could see that being like a Philadelphia, because you know Phillies fans are sure crazy, but it just made everybody look bad. Yeah, I'd give you that. Um, yeah, just not a. I'm really nothing positive out of that game last no. night. No. There was also the Devontae Adams shoving that camera yeah. guy. Which yeah. he might get suspended for now. As he should, honestly. The the guy was... I mean, the guy definitely <laughs> flopped. Don't get me wrong. Like he's, <laughs> He said he went to the hospital and then he filled out a police report oh, for geez. a shove. But why why was he, he... He was walking and he had no idea where he was, it looked like. Yeah, I don't... I, I don't, like I said, just genuinely nothing positive out of that game last night. You know, the, admittedly, the cameraman probably shouldn't put himself in that position. or the boom No, operator exactly. Probably shouldn't put yourself in that position. I, you know, as a, as a camera, like I, you know, I did that during college basketball. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, you need to get the shot. You're trying to get that. No, he wasn't even, he didn't even have a regular camera. He just had like a camera stand or right. something or like I that. I think he had the microphone, the boom yeah, mic. Yeah, the boom mic. So in that case, yeah, then there's no... There's no reason to be there, but you also have to let, you know, I guess I just don't understand, you know, the shove, and then I definitely overreaction, so. Yeah. Like I said, just nothing, nothing good. No. Shauna, any nuggets from you this week? No. Nothing negative? I don't think so. All right, good for you. I'm, uh, shopping right now, so. (laughs) I'm also going to give a quick nuggie to the uh, the New York Mets for just being another team to fall apart after 100-plus wins uh, and then not even make the divisional round 
of the MLB playoffs. Uh, the whole Timmy Trumpets curse coming through, as Jerry Seinfeld predicted. It, it's just a team that fell apart, and actually, I think three out of the four lower seeds won in the opening round, or two out of... I know two did. I think so. The Phillies won against the Cardinals. The Mets got upset. Didn't the Guardians beat? The Guardians beat the, the Rays, but I think I think that was the higher seed winning. And then the Padres beat... Um, no, no they play the Dodgers, Dodgers coming up yeah, here. So it'd be the Padres beats. Who the hell the Padres just play? They beat the Mets. Yeah, yeah. So. Real quick, I saw on TikTok today that one of the Padres, like, uh, pitchers got, well, oh. supposedly, like, allegedly cheating. Yes, but then, that was in the, but then, the game three. Yeah, and they were saying that, like, he wiped it off or whatever. They checked him. They couldn't find anything. But, like, there were – he kept, like, touching his nose and his ear. And then a fan said that they caught a ball and it had sticky stuff all over it. I saw that today. Yeah, but they they had to check him and they didn't find anything. So I don't know. It, it, if anything, it must not have been egregious enough Yeah. to, yeah. to warrant they're, they're, ejecting him. Because they did – they did check mid-game like that, like because mm-hmm. Buck Showalter and did I, don't, complain. Don't they check like after? They check after between innings, most innings, between yeah. most innings all the time now too. So it was just odd. Like they showed his like movements or whatever, and it was just odd. And then too, when the refs were coming over, he was like quick doing that with like his sleeve, so it almost looked like he was wiping it off. But there, there's pitchers that do it all the time, and they just don't get caught. Sure. Anytime you sweat, you throw throw a little sticky on the ball, and I suppose just gives you that little bit, but right? So, yeah, just a just an interesting uh, breakdown never, of that series too. Never, never want to get sticky on your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Great show, guys! Great content. I wouldn't know. <laughs> anyway, Osana, trust me. It's not fun. <laughs> Our next segment as a great, you know, just a transition to get out of this. Uh, the next segment here is our awesome What's Weird Wisconsin, Wisconsin Weird Web Story. And this story coming courtesy of our own Green Bay Area Media, come from Fox 11 News in WLUK. Oshkosh Church gets creative for Sunday's Packer game. Now, there were three ways that churches were handling this past Sunday, with the Packers playing at 8.30 a.m., um, some churches just said business as usual. If you come, you come. If you don't, you don't. Catholics promoted Saturday night mass. Right. Saturday, or like after, late afternoon, 4 o'clock. So which one did you go to, Shana? I was at Craftoberfest. The Church of Craftoberfest. Yeah. Um, I had some wine there. See, now here's, I don't want to wreck your story, Eric, but I found, a, I, I live with the little lady that said that she might have ran into a, a, a couple that was newly engaged at the distillery, and they might have been a little inebriated, if you know what I mean. We were responsible. Can you guess? Okay. What does that mean? 
We had a designated driver. Yep, my dad. All right. Yes, we were very responsible. We loaded up on the uh, free beer samples and, and wine, wine and, and whiskey. whiskey. And then uh, <laughs> about 930, because we had been drinking since three, we called my dad and we said, hey, Tom, it's time, time to come get us. Bring a garbage bag. <laughs> Bring a garbage bag. <laughs> that bad? None of us None of us threw up. It was just, you know, in case. Precautionary. Yeah. We had some people who were also a tad older. Than us young bucks here. Right. Even older what than you, mean? Justin. What does that mean? They're like the, Justin's the, the, age. Some themselves? people can't handle like themselves they can't the way they used to. They did. They they hung people? through. What it, it was precautionary. They weren't older than Justin. They're Justin's age. So you're shading Justin? No. Isn't Ben older than Justin? Justin 36. I think Ben's 36, too. Yes. Oh, well... Well, now you're throwing shade Whatever. at Justin. Now you you're go. throwing shade at Justin. I'm not throwing shade at anyone. Pretty, I'm just saying. Pretty sure. It was precautionary for other people who weren't in this room. We all know Eric's an asshole. Yeah. To mute you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's there was the Saturday afternoon slash evening mass service. There was the fact that you you know some churches said hey. DVR, get your ass to church. And then there was this one in Oshkosh who got creative and made an afternoon or a morning of it. The Algoma Boulevard United, United Methodist Church, uh, Pastor Kathy Wiegand, planned to have worship service during two-minute sections during the commercial breaks. Uh, during the commercial breaks, they would have some, you know, their church stuff, but they also had food. They had the games on the TV, and then they had snacks out, everything like that, before, during, and after service, including corn. They also had cornhole going on. At halftime, Wigan gave a, ser- or a sermon and a final blessing. Made an afternoon of it. It's a very creative Wisconsin morning. way. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Sunday was long. Right. It Holy was a very, cow. But just a very Wisconsin way to do church on Sunday uh, with the Packers playing in that, that early morning game. So that is our What's Weird Wisconsin story. Um, and the people that, like I said, just the fact that people came to church and a few more Packer jerseys than normal. You know, you always see a couple on Sunday, the people who, you know, they wear that Packer jersey to church during football season because, damn it, they love the Packers and Jesus. And they're going to the bar after. They're going to the bar after. <laughs> yeah. Get that broasted chicken. Get get a PBR Miller Lite. That broasted chicken. <laughs> yeah, the broasted chicken. <laughs> so... But yeah, so that's our, our What's Weird Wisconsin story. Uh, and just kind of talking about that part of it in general. We're not going to talk about the game quite yet. But just that element of that early morning. I, I liked it until the game was done. I liked getting up and just mm-hmm. watching it right away and having breakfast food during the game and stuff like that. But the game got done at 11.30 and it was just a long afternoon after that. Well, and then, see, like, because we have, like, our Sunday routine, right? So, like, we get up... We eat breakfast, we go to the grocery store, and then we're home by noon because then all the games are on. You sit and you watch all the games. We're like, our whole Sunday was messed up. We didn't go grocery shopping. We still haven't went grocery shopping this week because Monday is Monday and whatever. So now my whole week is messed up because of the dang Packers. Yeah. (laughs) 
I don't even know how to reply to that. Well, I'm just saying, like, you, we had to get I up mean, and watch it, and then when the game was over, there were already other games on that we wanted to watch. So now my whole week is messed up. And I'm sure there are other people in Wisconsin feeling the same way. Probably. How did it affect you, Sean? What did you do Saturday afternoon? Or Sunday afternoon? Um, What did I do? I did laundry. You did laundry? Yeah, I did laundry. Wow. Um, that was really... I think we watched a couple movies and that was about it. But just no want to watch games after that. No, not really. <laughs> it was tough to watch. Well, the game was tough to watch too, but that's right. beside the point. We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, did it affect your schedule? No, because I was up with the rats before. Anyways, so I just fed them breakfast like a normal day and turned the game on and my wife was uh, at her family hunting land, and I got stuck doing daddy daycare. And... Ooh. So she goes so out Saturday inter- night and then goes to the hunting yeah. land on Sunday? What yeah. a lady. Good job, Katie. She's living life to the fullest. Props. She's got me trained. Clearly. Shana, I'm on it. understand how this works. I'm working on it. I... <laughs> I have come a long... He's come a long way. I would say so, yes. <laughs> but uh, then I just mowed the lawn in the afternoon. But I showed her, guys, all right? I showed her. I mowed the lawn the long way. Oh. So I got a few extra minutes by myself. There you See? go. Did you have, See, be- now did Aaron, you have beer while you mowed the lawn? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They don't make those cup holders for sun drop. (laughs) See? You guys are paying attention. I like it. (laughs) All right. So before we move on to the next segment here, or actually as we move on to the next segment here, I should say, we got our picks for the week. Not a great week for any of us on the pick side of things. Except me. You, all of us were. I tied you. That's All right. of us were sub-500 on the week. Um, on the week, uh, Shauna and Sean led the week at 8 and 10, respectively. I was technically third in the week at 7 and 11. Ramsey was 6 and 12. And Justin, you were 5 and 13 on the week. That's brutal. That's fucking brutal. Now, on the season overall, uh, Shauna does officially lead the way at 29 and 31. Hell yeah. Still two games below 500. Um, yeah, we're terrible at this. Justin has Pardon the next me. highest win total at 28 and 38. That's terrible. Uh, Sean and Rams are tied at the next win total. Sean, Sean at 27 34. Uh, Rams is at 27 32 because he missed a couple games the last couple weeks. And then I'm bringing up the rear at 23 and 38. Wow. Ooh. Don't listen oh, to Eric, God. fellows. Yeah. But we have run down to a night on make a pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just go opposite Eric. Yeah. Go Eric. opposite lose, Eric. Fade Eric. Lo- lose your five bucks. Pick everybody Shauna picks because <laughs> I win. All right, so Shauna, you have the picks for the week. All right, here so. we go, dudes. Uh, Commanders Bears. It's a true pick 'em. There's no one favored. Ooh. It's even. Oh, you said pick them before, and that's what I, I wrote down. Give me, where is it? At Bears? It's in Chicago. Oof. 
That's a terrible field, guys. You don't know what shape it's going to be in. It might be shitty and rainy. I'm going to take the bears. All right. Bears. Ramsey is going with the commanders. I just hope this game's better than the Thursday Night Football was last week. Oh, God, Anything's got to be better than that. I don't know. I think that somehow might be worse. Oh, This could be rough. Um, hey, Carson Wentz is a dime. No, he's terrible. You've picked the commanders like every week, and it just does not go well for you. He's, no. he's... That's why I'm going against them. <laughs> yeah, but now they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm going to fade asking. Justin. I'm going commanders. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, I am. I've, okay. I've got a... I don't know why, but... I'm going to go with the commanders to fade Justin here. That's oh. purely the reason of this pick. I'm going to go Bears. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Justin. I think he's probably right. I think so. I'm also Smart. going Bears. Smart woman. I know. <laughs> All right, Sean, next hey, game. Uh, we've got Jets, Packers. Packers are favored by seven. Ramsey's going Jets. I'll go with that one first. Sean? Give me the Jets. Seven points? Huggle Packers. Packers to cover there. Seven points? Man. I think this is going to be a bounce back game for Green Bay. I think they needed to lose an ugly game like that last week. Um, I know that Aaron Rodgers is not thinking that same line of thinking, but I think it kind of needed to happen. So. I'm going to go with the Packers. I think they win um, pretty convincingly this week. Um, seven. I'm going to go Jets. Wow. All right. So then we got 49ers at the Falcons. 49ers are favored by five and a half. Rams is going with the 49ers. 49ers at Falcons. Five and a half. Give me the Falcons. Give me the the fighting Mariotas. <laughs> We're back to this, right? <laughs> I'm going 49ers. Give me the Niners. Yeah, me too. See, this is one of those games that screwed us last week, though, because I think we all had the 49ers technically winning, but they didn't cover last week. So it's one of those games that screwed us in like for results-wise, but... Uh, next game, Shauna. Uh, we got the Patriots at the Browns. Browns are favored by three. Uh, Ramsey is going with the Browns. Do we know if it's Bailey Zappi or Hoyer? Is Hoyer still in concussion? It, it might be Mac Jones. Mac Jones oh. might play. As of right but now. But as of right now, I'm thinking it's Bailey Zappi. Uh, Bill Belichick, six hours ago, per the New York Post, Bill Be Belichick won't commit to Mac Jones starting. Um, Give me the zappies. I think this dude's going to win it all. This is the Tom Brady. This Bailey Zappy dude is the real deal. Ouch, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Patriots. Okay. This, 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 dude, this dude just got beamed right on his hand. Ouch, son of a... <laughs> Bitch, that is. It's retaliation for the Guardians just hitting a home run. Sean? Patriots. I'm going to go Browns. Any particular reason, Shauna? Um, because of the fairy on their, the brown fairy on their field. <laughs> the Browns, I don't know. I believe in them. I feel like they're, they're okay. 
They great running game. Yeah, yeah, very good running game. Nick Chubb, man. All right, next game: Jags at the Colts. Uh, Colts are favored by two. This is ugly. There's... This is. A... I don't even know how you pick this game. I'm gonna you go with the Jags. Know. Yeah. Either one of these teams, you don't know which team is. I'm going Jags. I'm going Colts. Would you pick Eric? I went Jags. Ramsey's also going Jags. Give me the vet. Give me give me the Matt Ryan led Indianapolis Colts. Me too, Justin. All right. Ready. We got the Vikings versus the Dolphins. Vikings at Dolphins. Uh Vikings are favored by three here. I'm going Vikings. This I'm gonna go with such the, a bad line. I'm gonna go with the Vikings as well. Uh Tua has been line. Tua's already been said that he's still not even doing football activities. Uh, Bridgewater's still in concussion protocol. I couldn't even. I, yeah. I I know. I heard the name three or four times today. Skyler, Skyler Thompson. He was lights out at Kansas State last year. Seventh round pick. He's a he's a dual threat quarterback. He's got some legs. He can run. But geez, what a bad line. You're gonna give Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson three points against the third string quarterback? Give me the Vikings all day long. Absolutely. I'm gonna take the Dolphins. Why? <laughs> Why not? Fair enough. What's Rams going? Rams is going with the Vikings as well. All right. Did you pick? I picked the Vikings. Oh, you picked the Vikings. I'm the only one that's different. Yeah, you're picking the Dolphins. All right, next game. Bengals at the Saints. Bengals are favored by one and a half. Uh, Rams has the Bengals. Joey B. See, this is another team that we still don't know what they are this season. Is the Bengals. Which one? Either one. Yeah, Yeah, either one. True. I mean, Taysom Hill, he had, what, four touchdowns the other night? Yeah, he had four touchdowns on ten touches, I think, something like that. Same with Travis Kelsey last night. He had yeah, big week for tight ends in fantasy football. Yep. In the Superdome, I'll take yes. the Saints. All right, I'm going Joey B. Always. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I'll go Bengals. I'm gonna go Bengals as well. You've got Jamar Chase and Joey B. back in Louisiana. A little bit of a homecoming for them. I think you're gonna surprisingly see now. New Orleans does have a very good crowd, but I think you're gonna see a lot of black and orange. On on Sunday as well. Yeah. Or are you going to see purple and gold? Yeah, purple and gold too. Yeah. All right, next game. Ravens at the Giants. Ravens are favored by five. Ravens. Rams still scoring Ravens. Such disrespect for the Giants after a big-time win. Yeah, but they're coming back across the pond, and they're facing a probably better offense at this point. That can probably that's probably more complete and has a better identity at this point. I don't know. They still haven't looked all looked as good as they can. Yeah, I have to say Give me the Giants to cover. Yeah, I'll agree with you, Justin. I'll go Giants too. Me too. Saquon's gonna run all over them. Yeah. By the way, did you guys see like on the barstool sports what was going on with that dude that was his pants halfway down and. They were rubbing something, and it was like like an OnlyFans 
I saw. I know I what you're talking too. about, but I I did not watch it long enough. I I saw what was happening. Oh. I'm like, yep, I'm scrolling. Past I think it one. was like a therapy. Like I think it was his upper thigh, but it just looked worse than uh, it was. You think that? Well, all right, we're gonna step into a different section of <laughs> <Yeah>. the show <laughs> if I keep going. So <laughs> next one. Next, next, uh, we got Buccaneers at the Steelers. Bucks are favored by eight. Ramsey's going Bucks. He is, yeah, yeah. I'm going Bucks. Yeah, I'm going Bucks this too. Is, this is such a get-right game for the Buccaneers offense, and oh my god. Yeah, after watching Buff, what Buffalo did to the Steelers this last weekend, I, I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks as well. I think that eight points is a big spread, but. Kenny Pickett didn't look very good. No, Kenny that Pickett didn't look grow great. To like eleven by Sunday. He probably will. This is a clean sweep for us, so oh. everybody picked the Steelers. What? Everybody picked the Bucks. No, everybody picked the Bucks. But usually, when yeah. we have a clean sweep, it means that the fans should go and bet on the other team. Fade the show. <laughs> Fade the show. <laughs> All right, next game. We got Panthers at the Rams. Uh, Rams are favored by ten and a half. Holy man. Pan- See, this is one the of those Panthers times. are in a fire sale right now. Yeah, did the Panthers you, are in a see- fire sale. The Panther usually when a coach gets fired, you usually see some for whatever reason some sort of bounce back win. It happened in this time. <laughs> Especially say what you will about Baker Mayfield, but that high ankle sprain he's probably not gonna play this week. You still got Darnold out, so you're ending up with the XFL guy, aren't you? I think so, yeah. I think that's who's who's going to be their quarterback. Why are they in a fire sale? What am I missing here? Matt Rule got fired. That one I know, but... There's you, been a lot of speculation about different guys getting traded. Yeah, Orlovsky had a big thing this morning, right? That CMC might get traded. Teams uh, are calling more and more. Yeah, D, DJ Moore. He actually yep. he actually had DJ Moore going to the Packers actually, and oh, Brian and Brian Burns I think was the other guy. Yeah, PJ Walker is your starting quarterback yeah. as of right now. XFL MVP, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going Rams. Yeah, I don't I don't think the Panthers cover that ten and a half with no. with this is one of those like I said those few instances where I don't think the bounce back of the coach getting fired is going to happen. Uh, it's so in Los Angeles. Uh, yes, Panthers at Rams. Yeah, I guess I'll take the Panthers. Rams Ooh. is surprisingly going with the Panthers as well. A... What's going on with Baker? Why Why do you say P.J. Walker? He had a high ankle sprain. He's out two to six weeks. What's going on with Sam Darnold? He's got a knee injury, too. He's had a knee injury for since preseason, since preseason right? I'm pretty sure. Holy Christ. Uh, Rams. Eric? Uh, give me the Rams as well. All right. Are we ready for the next one? Yep. Uh, Bills at Chiefs. Bills are favored by three. I'm obviously going with the Bills. Bills Mafia. Yes. Bills Mafia. Give me the Bills. You too. Bills. No, I'm going to go Chiefs. Oh. Going Chiefs. Eric wants the Bills. Rams wants the Bills as well. Bills at Chiefs. What's the spread? Three and a half? Just three. Bills are favored by three. Oh, give me the Chiefs. All right. Uh, Next one, we got Cardinals at the Seahawks. Cardinals are favored by three. 
Ramsey's going with the Cardinals. This Cardinals. One's, this one's tough. This yes. one's very tough. I'm going to go Seahawks. If this spread was a little bit bigger, I think Seattle would cover, but with it only being three, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to also go Hawks. I could very realistically see this spread grow to probably four or five by the time the game starts. And if that was the case, I'd take Seattle. But as of today, with it only being three, I'm going with the cards. No huh. balls. That's what it is. All right, next game, we got the Cowboys at the Eagles. Eagles are favored by five. Ooh. Ramsey and I are going Cowboys to cover. You believe believe in Cooper Rush? I believe in Cooper Rush. Even I believe in Jack might play. I believe in that the Cowboys offensive line is good enough for Pollard and Elliott to be relevant enough. And to get the receivers going a little bit, they're gonna bounce back. Uh CeeDee Lamb had a very quiet week after Jalen Ramsey kinda shut him down. I don't think anybody in the Eagles defense is that spectacular. Darius Slay. Washed. I think he's washed. You you said like two weeks ago that Zeke was washed. I think he still is washed, <laughs> to be honest. Tony Pollard's like their main back right now. Yeah. You're just so, picking them because he's on your fantasy team. That's a small part of it, but <laughs> I genuinely, like I said, I genuinely speaking, I really do think um, Phil, this is probably Philadelphia's best opponent that they've played this season to this point. The Vikings? Well, that was, I mean, we still don't really even, Right. This but, is the second time Eagles and Cowboys have played, isn't it, already? I don't think so. thought they played first game, no. first game of the year. Or am I thinking something different? They, the Cowboys have played the Giants. Yeah. Who, who'd Dak get hurt again, against then? I don't remember. It, it was, Let me look. Who doesn't deck it? Oh, they they got or no wrong team wrong play. Shit. I'm going oh. Philadelphia. Oh, it's Tampa by Bay. The Never mind. I'm going Philly also. I think Philly wins. I just think the Cowboys cover. No, no way. At five points, it's a big spread. I think that run Dang game. That. that run game from Dallas is going to keep a minute long enough to kind of. Keep the score close. I think that Cowboys defense is going to get tired with having to deal with Jalen Hurts and their running game, and it's going to keep it's going to keep Dallas off the field. I'm going Eagles. Who did Justin pick? Justin, who'd you pick? Eagles. Eagles. All right. Eagles. All right. Next game, we got the Broncos at the Chargers. Chargers are favored by five. Monday Night Football. Give me the Chargers. Ramsey's also going Chargers. I'm going Chargers also. Who's the other team? Broncos. Give me the Broncos. Oh, they can't with score. With their crappy performance the other night. With their washed up Russell Wilson. Melvin Gordon's going for like a fluke. It was they not a fluke. All season. They've had one good offensive it's game. It's a fluke. A fluke. I'm you. you just watch. You just relax. How does A Rod say that? Relax. Nathaniel Hackett. Is saying the same thing. Relax. R E L A X, people. Nathaniel Hackett's looking like he got carried by Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. Just like Mike McCarthy did. 
Yeah. Your your hatred for Nathaniel Hackett. It's not hatred. It's just not analysis, him. Justin. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, those are the NFL games. We are on to college games. We got Wisco at Michigan State. Wisconsin is favored by seven. Wisconsin. Yeah, if you're gonna let Merck cook State like that. Favored by seven? Wisconsin's favored now. They opened that game opened with Michigan State as a two point favorite. Since Sunday, that game has shifted the nine points to Wisconsin being favored. You're shitting me. Give me Michigan State. Did Rams pick? No, he didn't. He didn't uh, pick on this one. Okay, I'm going Wisconsin. Eric? If, if you're going to let Graham Mertz cook like that, and what I saw, granted, against a very crappy Northwestern team, but if you're going to let Wisconsin cook like that, and that offense gets going, I loved what I saw on Saturday. I'm going to go with the Badgers as well. Good. Uh, all right, next game we've got Penn State at Michigan. Michigan is favored by seven. Penn State rigged. Penn State is five and zero on the season. They're the number ten team in the country. Michigan is the number five team at six and zero. Uh, give me Penn State. Michigan. Yeah, that's your Big Ten, Big Noon game of the week on on Fox. I'm also going to go Michigan. Yeah, I think I'm going Michigan, too. Ramsey's going Michigan on this one. All right, next game. Kansas at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is favored by 7.5. Oklahoma at 3-3. Kansas still ranked after their loss this week against TCU. 19th team in the country, 5-1 on the year. Uh, Ramsey's going with the Jayhawks. I think I'm gonna go with Kansas as well. Okay. Against Oklahoma. Yes. Kansas's starting quarterback is not playing. Oh. Give me Oklahoma. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Sooners. <laughs> uh, uh, can we change? Yeah, is that a rule? No, no, no. Lock. It's in lock, ink. Locked in. Is You're soon. picking yeah, Kansas. She already wrote it down. I'm ah, going Oklahoma. It. Yeah, Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk, Oklahoma. I will, also. I will say this, though. I don't know if you guys watched that game. That some bitch in uh, backup quarterback. He was he was on fire. He's a fifth year senior. He played quarterback at North Texas. He was cooking. He was doing good good stuff out there. Per Yahoo Sports, by the way, Justin Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels denies report he is out for season with a shoulder injury. Yeah, but that still doesn't season, mean he's out. We're talking about one game. I understand that. I'm still going Jayhawks. I, I don't have a choice. I guess I'm locked in. But <laughs> yeah, you're locked in. Rock, yeah. chalk, Jayhawk, baby. Let's go. Yeah, okay. Uh, and last one, rounding out the picks for the week, we got Bama at Tennessee. Bama is favored by seven and a half. Mm. Alabama. That's in Knoxville. Still Alabama. I'm going Bama, too. I've got a sneaky feeling. I'm trying to see. Give me the volunteers. Who's your quarterback? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. Did you look that up, or did you just know? No, I knew it. Oh, wow. He's a Trophy candidate. Oh, is he? Excellent. He's a transfer from Virginia Tech. Wow. 
impressive. Second year with Tennessee. Yeah. Now, so here's the breakdown of this game, guys. This game is not going to be a defensive game. This is going to be who scores first. I think they were saving – I think Bama was saving Bryce Young for this game. No, at Texas A&M really wasn't that great. Um, but this might be this might be a game of who gets the last punch with the ball. Um, and I have a sneaky feeling that I don't think Bama can keep up with Tennessee and, and score as many points as Tennessee can in a hurry. And so I'm going to go with the volunteers here in an upset. Ooh. Rams picked this one? He did not know. Okay. All right. Well, those are the picks. <coughs> lock them in. Yep. Well, they're pick, locked. Pick opposite right. of everybody. Yep. Yeah. How does that work when we have, like, <laughs> split? Or pick opposite of Eric and you'll yeah. win. Hate all of you. <laughs> Sean, are you heading out for the show? Or are you going to stay with us here? Talk Badgers and Packers. Uh, I can sit around. I'll uh, shop on Amazon. All right. Good stuff. Have fun. Thanks. Hell yeah. Yeah, spend Eric's money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin. So we are going to let you lead off here. The Badger Report. Uh, Badgers are bouncing back, as we talked about earlier in the show, here with that big win against Northwestern. Talk to us a little bit. What's going on in Wisconsin? What's going on in Madison? I think there's uh, I think there's some great things. There's a lot of uh, a lot a lot of turmoil in, in the fact of where the players are, where their hearts are, um, how they feel about Paul Christ, and, and specifically you're talking about the leaders that are um, being the most vocal. Uh, but I think what you saw on the field is directly because they don't have a restraint of what that offense could be. Um, one of the things that really does scare you, though, is, is a uh, – that defense does not look like like it's ready um, or top top of its game yet. I mean, Northwestern uh, was doing all right, putting the ball up and down the field uh, with a with a dual threat quarterback. Um, what they can do as far as the rest of the year, um, I think they certainly could win out. Uh, I wouldn't put that so far past I, I do think they could still win the west um uh, it's prop i mean the the team that's going to win the west is probably going to have three losses like illinois is a, a a good team but i mean let's face it they just played a 9-6 game against iowa who can't score against anybody so um in the end i think it's wide open i think the the firing is justified uh, the defense needs to shape up. I, I love seeing some some read option throw out of Graham Mertz. Um, some great throws, great decision-making throws. Uh, I thought the offensive line was really good um, throughout the game. There were some changes. Uh, I believe that senior Tyler Biot, or not Tyler Biotish, he's also the center for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Beach uh, did not go. Uh, and I think that was a direct, uh, a, a great move um, on the offensive line part because they, for the first time all season, outside of the New Mexico State game, it looked like our offensive line was uh, pushing people around a little bit and creating some holes. Um, t- 
tough loss. Uh, Ches Malusi, uh, I, I think he broke his wrist or something like that. He is out for a significant time, which moves up Isaac Garendo, who is injury prone himself, up the the depth chart. A senior, um, a speedster, and then uh, and then you you've got a guy like Julius Davis that's going to move up to the third string. So. Um, you, on the other side, a little off the field stuff. You, the Badgers' third string quarterback Deacon Hill, uh, who was a high three star um, quarterback out of California, he decided to put out there that he uh, is going to enter the transfer portal. So, as we sit today, uh, the Badgers currently have two healthy scholarship quarterbacks, with one of them being a true freshman. Um, their quarterback room is not in a good way. I, I do believe they are optimistic that they might get senior backup uh, Chase Wolf back at some point in the season. Uh, now, whether he plays a down or tries to go for a medical red shirt is a different story. So they've they've got some work to do off the field but you're not going to hear a lot of news out of that guys with with uh, the quarterback change and an interim coach and and how much uh even if Jimmy Leonard ends up being the head coach the permanent head coach how much that staff is going to change um they've done a great job so far in holding every commit that they have um but they do still have a little bit of work to do so I'm going to ask a couple questions here, Justin, because I want to ask your perspective on this. Um, first and foremost, with the Badgers offense kind of getting unleashed a little bit more, uh, we saw the, like you had mentioned, uh, Bobby Engram kind of taking those restrictions off or, you know, what have you. What do you think is kind of the, the driving factor that just that Paul Chris was too conservative with play calling or where is your mind at on that? I think he was very conservative. I don't think he opened. Uh, I think when you look at it, you can look at it in, in a sense of how much the the difference actually is um, in, in the numbers. Like the numbers don't tell the whole story. Uh, against Northwestern, I think all year long, the, the Badgers have thrown it on first down like – something like 32% of the time. And against Northwestern, it was 33% of the time. So the numbers tell the story or try to tell the story. What I'm saying is it's the type of play or the type of actions or routes or receivers or formations that Bobby Ingram is unleashed in, in, um, in those first down plays. You, you saw a hell of a lot more play action, but you also saw uh, a pistol formation with play action. You saw a true eye formation play action. Um, it wasn't so reliant on uh, a five yard in on a tight end or hitting a running back out of the, or uh, out of the backfield or hitting a, a receiver on a 10 yard hook. Like the simple, easy routes. There was some, dynamic uh, routes to it. There was some dynamic play calling that was instituted in it. It wasn't 
we weren't just going into it uh, saying that we were going to run the ball out of I formation with a running back into it. On the flip side, he could certainly get rid of the wildcat formation with a fullback. Uh, that's not fooling anybody, and it's not going anywhere fast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, Sean, this is something that Sean wanted to ask you last week, uh, just as a, in general uh, for coaching. Because we, last week we talked about you know the Wisconsin Badgers at, in the Illinois game. That first possession, they go down the field with their scripted drive. So, Sean, I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but your kind of question was, why do coaches get away from that scripted drive per se, or why is that so hard? I, I think what I really wanted to ask is, why do you think your first 10 plays work, like, just in that Badger game last last week, why do they work so well, and why would you go away from what was working so well to begin with? Um, it's a great question. Uh, even in the high school game, you watch film and you watch a shitload of film and they, they've got a huge staff that watches a shitload of film and, and they think that they can attack a player um, throughout 10 plays and it's scripted to where they are going to um, set this one up, set, set the next play up. So one play leads to another um, throughout a whole series and hopefully it doesn't take 10 plays to get there but most coaches um, even go as deep as 15 scripted plays. Uh, why that is is because film will show you exactly what they're going to do on certain looks. Why they get away from it is just good coaching and it's adjustments that good defensive coordinators are going to do. Um, in the high school game, we got down to the red zone, uh, I think, three times um, this past week when we got shut out. Uh, the adjustment that they made is they brought seven guys out of out of eight they loaded seven in the box and, and they knew we were going to go to one guy they, they studied film really well uh, they knew the plays that we were going to call um, so it was just good coaching um, talent matters obviously and they had a, a, a little more talent uh, they executed a little better that's why they're a state ranked football team um, but that to answer your question is why teams go in with a scripted because you can score fast you, and, and your guys practiced it um, and why they get away from it is because other teams are adjusting oh okay and I guess here's here's a little bit little bit more to that um, during I know you see a whole bunch of things like we've seen during the Packer game that they attacked um, whenever they had a corner get hurt and they had a backup guy do you, you always look for those matchups and kind of things like that in order to just get a jump on everything? I know that's probably... 100%. 100%, Sean. Like, most teams have two DNs, all right? Which one is the weakest? Which one's the best pass rusher? And one's the which one's the weakest uh, run defender? Uh, most teams have two inside linebackers. And most teams in our league, they run 4-4, four, four, right? Or 4-2-2, or um, so you're attacking either side, like a uh, certain play call. If I'm going to run a five yard out, which line or which linebacker is worse uh, defending the pass in the slot? 
um, if I run a go, who's weaker? And I'm going to put my best wide receiver who's leading the, who's leading the conference in receiving. I'm going to put my guy on him. So yeah, you're you're attacking you're attacking film as much as you're attacking the game. Nice, good stuff, Justin. So just kind of bringing it back to the Badgers, then. Again, huge swing in that opening. Like I said, that sp- that spread opens up as a two point favor for Michigan State. It goes back to the seven and a half now with Wisconsin. What do you think the bookmakers and and betters are seeing to kind of swing that that other way? Well, Michigan State has not been very impressive uh, this year. Um, on the flip side, neither is Wisconsin. Uh, I believe both games were similar. Uh, I think Michigan State lost to Ohio State. It was a 49-20, to 20, and Wisconsin was like 51-21. So similar teams. Now, this is the, I, I do agree. A 7.5-point favorite, I believe that. Is that game in Michigan? Yeah, it's in Lansing. Yeah. yeah. So to me, that's wild. Um, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. I, I To me, it's, it's like a get-right game because uh, I don't know that Wisconsin's been – that impressive on either side of the ball to warrant a seven and a half point favorite over a two and four Michigan State team, um, but they 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 haven't played well. They've they've got trounced by Minnesota in East Lansing. Um, they really they really haven't played well. So I, I don't know, guys. I like like this to when we picked that game. That was a true toss up for me, but. I mean, seven and a half points is a lot on the road, so that's why I picked Michigan State. Did all the all the money just go to Michigan State, and that's why everything got flipped? Or that's still a nine point flip, though. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a you don't see that often. Not no. not that's probably coming back down. I would say that's probably going to come back down to about four and a half, four. So where do you think that's that where you're thinking this game's going to be at come Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I think it's a field goal game, and unfortunately for Wisconsin, their field goal uh, special teams has been shitty for probably since they had Taylor, Taylor Melhoff. Uh, their, their lack of was happiness. That, was that pre true, or post uh, Gaglianone? I believe that was pre. And, and to be honest... Raphael wasn't, you know, he wasn't a, a barn burner of a kicker. He wasn't the greatest kicker of, we've ever had. He wasn't the results he, best kicker, but he was the truest Wisconsin kicker. Mm-hmm. He discovered beer and brats in Madison, and he chunked up, and I love that. Well, he's what you want your kicker to look like, that's for sure. Right. Now, I do gotta, I do gotta say, I love, just unrelated, but really funny to me, because we were talking about this two weeks ago when we were in Madison, I love the fact that college football has the kickers wearing like the ninety uniforms, like ninety seven yeah. or whatever. I think that, I don't oh, know yeah. why. I think it's hilarious though. Just what total opposite be? of what you should what you would expect to see um wearing that number. You'd expect yeah. a a big ugly defensive lineman and then you've got the skinny white soccer player kicker. At ninety six. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, so 
just kind of flip gears here, Justin. We'll stay in the Badgers and college sports world. Uh, college basketball practices getting underway here tonight. Um, actually, University of Wisconsin Green Bay held their Phoenix Fan Night with PH for fan, by the way. Um, Phoenix Fan Night as basketball gets underway here. Uh, anything you're hearing out of Madison on the basketball side of things? What can we kind of expect, you know, very early here in the season? Uh, I believe they just had their their annual red and white game. Uh, they have said that Stephen Krull um, has bulked up significantly. Um, Kamari McGee and Chucky Hepburn uh, really had a good go at it. Uh, Kamari McGee looks to impress um, defensively. He looks like he's probably coming off the bench in a rotational role. And freshman Connor Essigan uh, really lit it up the other night. 13 points on with five boards. Um, the team was really um, looked good from from all reports. Great. I'm I'm excited to see what Kamari McGee does in the red and the white. I saw what he did in green and white and Green Bay. Um, I I hate the fact that he transferred from Green Bay, but uh, if he's gonna leave, I'm glad he went to Wisconsin. Could have won a lot of other places that you would really hate. Yeah. <laughs> One in particular. Like, Which one's tradition. that? UW-Milwaukee. Uh, I would have hated it. I would have been so pissed. You, would, you wouldn't have heard the end of it. Been a whole Kevin King and get all over again? Oh, uh, I wouldn't have been that bad, but... Okay, Mike Evans? No. <laughs> no, not that bad either. Oh, so it wouldn't have been bad at all. I mean, I'd probably be cranky about it, but I wouldn't You're be... cranky about everything. Whatever. Can confirm. <laughs> Welcome back, Shauna. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, he, he. I'm glad he's with Wisconsin. I'm really kind of with that flip to Green Bay. I'm really interested in what the Green Bay men's team is going to be. Basically a whole new roster, again. Again. Yeah. Um, you've got the Short Brothers, who are not short. But two Wisconsin products, a lot of transfer, uh, obviously, coming into the program. But a lot of excitement, kind of, with uh, Coach Ryan kind of getting that transfer portal. I think working in his favor. I think this might be our truest look at what he brings as a head coach with Will Ryan. But really interesting to see what that team is now. The women at Green Bay kind of projected to be in that top one or two teams, a lot of polls, either picking them first or second in the Horizon League uh, for the women's team. Very excited to see what they do. Uh, lots of transfers for them as well coming into the program. Nobody really left. Um, no true senior really lead. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Megan Pingle no longer with the program as she was a she had the free COVID year. Um but really, besides her, no, no one really left the program. You bring some local Tide pro uh, players in um, who had been alum. So really excited to see that program. And they had really peaked at the end of the year. They had been, I think they won 11 of their last 12 games prior to the Horizon League tournament. Um, so really, really, like I said, just really excited to see what that program is this year. Porsche's got a win. He's got a 
When, when's the last time they won the conference? Like uh, 2018, built, I believe. Yeah, he's built this program, and Matt Ballant kept it up there, but he, he's a product of his own success. Uh, he's got to win the conference. They're falling off the map here. And that's, I think that's one of the, I think, I, you know, I true, and I know that Justin, I talked about this as, you know, with him being girls basketball coach and kind of having that inside mind. I think the Horizon League is one of the best mid-majors for the women's basketball um, oh, yeah, in this country. Uh, we've seen the growth of Wright State. We've seen Cleveland State emerge. Cleveland State. Um, yeah. Even Youngstown State has been pretty good as of late. IUPUI has been a, a juggernaut since joining the conference. But yeah. I, I really, you know, again, knock on wood here. I, I really, I think Green Bay's kind of got the inner path right now. University of Oakland has an Okano alum. Really? Yep. Who do they have? Le- Leanna Baxter. She was a senior at Okano last year. She was a late signee. Very good. Good for her. Yeah. Like I said, playing in probably the best, if not one of the best, um, probably right there with um, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, whatever. What's that? The summit? No. I, I have no idea. I'm asking. This is more for Justin. <laughs> I was going to say. But what what conference am I thinking of, Justin? North Dakota State, South Dakota State. I believe that is the is that the Northern Sun. Is that the? God damn it! <laughs> Putting them on the spot. Or is it? Basketball? Yeah, well, right. That's going to drive me wild. I'm looking it up as we speak, too. When you say it, it's going to... Oh, goodness. All Summit League. I didn't have it right. Good for me. Yeah, the Summit League. What time you get one right? I'm proud of myself. I want you to know that. I am proud of myself right now. But yeah, no that that's a great uh, that's another great women's basketball league too. But I'd say those are probably one A and one B. Mm-hmm. Well, well, UWGB does lose some recruits to the Dakota schools for sure. Um, specifically, South Dakota's um, head coach now is Kayla Teschlog. Which is a name you might remember, Eric. Um, I remember as her as an former, assistant. I don't remember her as a player. She she was a fo- former UWGB player. Yep. I, like I said, I and do remember her as an assistant because she was on she was on Borsa's staff at one point. But I do remember her. Um, she was. She also was on. Um, She was on staff at UW-Madison, and then after their coach got fired, she went to Drake, and now she is the head coach at South Dakota, and she just took one of Wisconsin's premier players, um, one of the Wilkie girls from Beaver Dam. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she's going to recruit the state well, and Borsa's got his hands full. You like you said, you know, and we've talked about is he, is he washed? Is he, you know, is he overrated? I think you said it exactly. He's just a, 
a victim of his own success because they've been they were so good for so long, you know, 22, 23 straight conference championships, whatever it was, that the rest of the league and really the you know those power mid majors, the two Dakota State schools, and um, you know Drake's another one you can kind of throw in that conversation too. They just had to get so much better recruiting and 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 skill level and coaching to really keep going with Green Bay uh, to the point where year in, year out, Green Bay is probably still the best school in the state, you know, give or take how Marquette's doing in a given year. Mm-hmm. But they're still the best women's program in the state, but it's a lot closer than it has been. There's no doubt about it. And a, a sneaky team is Milwaukee. Milwaukee has done really well in recruiting the state and is uh, is catching um, GB at a, at a fast rate. Yeah, they're they're an interesting team in the Horizon League. Um, kind of year in year out, they can win almost any given night. But at the same time, they're kind of in that second tier of teams in the league. Right. So they're they're right there too. But really interesting to see what happens with uh, this this program this year. Once again, cannot wait to be part of it. And the capacity that I will be in the studio should be a blast. Sean, it's been a while since we heard you. I got, I got nothing. This is all you guys. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, let's can the college talk. Talk about the Green Bay Packers, who did go down to the, to the New York Giants in London. Um, first half was great. Uh, I know Sean and I talked quite a bit during those games. Uh, I love the the play concept of the Mercedes Lewis touchdown. I think that was one of the bright spots. Yeah, that was of Sunday. I thought that was an awesome play, especially for that close to the goal line. It was a very unexpected. I would I really wouldn't call it a trick play, but that's kind of where you're leaning to what what to call it. And the only guy to catch or only first round guy to catch a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers is still Mercedes Lewis. They made that clear on the broadcast too can we talk about how awful the broadcasting in that game was yeah it was horrible mark sanchez what's wrong with the sanchez he was terrible (laughs) and he's not good are you kidding me it was the sanchez it was horrible he is not good i agree kevin kugler was it kevin kugler yeah yeah i think so kugler and sanchez yeah he's worse and just, I, they were just so unprepared for it. They had names wrong. Yeah. They had just just not seeing things happening. Like, you know, I, I'm trying to think of one example, but they had things that, you know, they had stats wrong. They had facts wrong. I You know, I don't even think they had probably opened their media guide. Probably not. Whoever was feeding them information from the trucks probably just as much of an idiot as these guys are. Are you shitting me? What now? The Lakers gave GM Rob Palinka a contract extension. I'm not happy about what? that. Why? <laughs> what? Oh, we didn't. God. We didn't even touch NBA because that starts oh, this next week. Yeah, I think That's regular so season bad. starts this next week. Doesn't it? I don't know. Uh, Maybe soon. Not. Maybe not. But anyways. Sorry. No, you're good. 
We'll talk NBA regular season when it matters in March, Sean. Okay. Sounds about right. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, though, um, not a great game for the Packers, especially the second half. You know, the first half, you're rolling, you're up 20 to 10, life was good. You can't not score in the second half outside of a safety, an intentional safety. Yeah, given two points. The the calls on that right before the end of the game there were pretty well, horrendous. I, I, I'm really curious on where things actually went wrong. And here's what I mean by that. We saw an offensive line from the Green Bay Packers that was moving the ball basically at will in the first half, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that, you know, they had push. Realistically, both running backs should have been going all day. And then second half, I think your first three possessions were three and out. Yep. I know the first two were, but maybe the third one was too. Um, I, I'm just at a loss as to, and I know that they're still kind of trying to work Bakhtiari in. Uh, Royce Newman needs to, you know, they need to yeah. get Bakhtiari in full strength and then move, move uh, Yash Nijman to right tackle so they can put Elton Jenkins at guard. Because Royce Newman is not the answer. He got bullied plenty of times. That... But what I, I, what I can't grasp in this game is why you go away from the run in this case. And not, not that that solves all the issues, but it opens the field a lot more. And opens up, you know, you're not you're not sitting at third and ten or, you know, third and eight, third and seven. I think their average down to go on or yards to go on third down, they had a pop up. I think was seven and a half in the fourth quarter, because of how bad the the first, the second half was. So how do, you, how do you have a two touchdown lead, and you're throwing twenty more times than you're running the ball? That's just horrendous play calling. Well, and that's There's no other way around it, Eric. And, well, and that's Sean. there's no other way around it. That's terrible play call. You have a top five running game in the league. You have a running back that's averaging five yards a carry in, in Jones, and you're running and you're throwing the ball twenty more times with a two touchdown lead. It's ridiculous. Well, and that's where I'm kind of curious on where the breakdown happens. So I know Rodgers talks about wanting to air the ball out more and getting the offense, you know, getting the pass game going a little bit more. We know uh, Lafleur was—I almost said McCarthy because it just reminded me of that—but <laughs> we know Lafleur was kind of on that same page of wanting to throw the ball more. So I guess I'm just kind of curious on did did they get too cute? Did Lafleur kind of get in his own way, or was Rodgers changing plays at the line, or was, or was it just truly a matter that you know we kind of I think Lafleur kind of mentioned this when they got back and talked about this either uh, yesterday or this morning uh, with the media was just kind of mentioned just the looks that they were presented. Um, they come out, you know, they have like their RPO option, and based on what the look was, passing is the look, and that's the call at the line of scrimmage with the can. And the that, Giants just disguised it really well. I, you know, I'm not sure. That can't be. That can't. I, I don't even care. I don't understand why it's an RPO. It's a two touchdown lead, and you're giving him the option. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do? I I agree. What, 
dude, take it out of his hands. Run the damn ball. I wholeheartedly agree. It, this should have been an R instead of an RPO. There should not yeah. be an O. It should be an R. It's horrible. So are, I guess are are we putting it on the floor then for for even presenting 100%. the option? It's hundred yeah. percent instead of itch. Instead of itch. Even if it is an option, right? It's it's hundred percent on it. Run the goddamn ball and run the clock. There's no other way to put it. You know, and I'm going to... 39 passes? I'm going to add on with that. Just even the last two plays, and it sticks out because of the finality of it, but just the element of that you're going to... You have third and two and fourth and two. And you you technically have an option for a first down yet. It wasn't third and goal. No. You have an option for a first down yet, technically, too. So I'm just at a loss... You have this is why you have AJ Dillon. Yeah, exactly. And you also have Aaron Jones, like Justin said, getting five a carry. But this is why you have those two guys, and quite frankly, why you have Matt Lafleur drafting the way that they are to be a run power team, and why you're signing David Bakhtiari to a five year extension, and why you're you know you're keeping your offensive line at top level. That's why you're doing this, and I, I just don't get it. Like, you know, and, it's dumb. That's and why you have Mercedes Lewis? Well, that too, mm-hmm. and and we saw the same thing in the Denver Indianapolis game, and I don't know if this is just the thing of Hackett getting in his own way again, because oh. we saw the same thing. You know, it's third and or fourth and goal or whatever in the overtime game, and they throw the ball twice. I, I just don't know if it's if it's head coaches being so our quarterback's the best quarterback whether it be Wilson or Rodgers or you know whatever. So I don't know if it's the quarterback you know just having too much faith or again that like I said calling that RPO option when it should just be an R. I I just I don't know. I, you know credit to the Giants for sniffing it out. You know they knew exactly where the ball was going, got the hands up, and the ball one of those scary just that ball hangs there for about twenty seconds. It feels like. That that defensive coordinator that they were that for the Giants threw some pretty pretty crazy blitzes at Rodgers too, because they were running like a they had five DB or five or six DBs and only one linebacker at one time and they were lining the DBs up to blitz it through the A, seven a gaps. The line. Yeah, they seven at the line. Yeah, I mean exactly it was right, it was just something totally different and I I don't think they were ready for it. A lot well, of that, which which has been been the biggest thing I think that has been going on is there's been a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, well, especially that, in the second halves of the games and everything that way. And in all honesty, I just think the mindset of going how they went over there, a lot of the guys were kind of looking at this like, why are why is this happening to us? And they tr- they came out and treated it that way. Yeah. Bitching and moaning a lot. And, you know, I'm sure it sucks to have to go to London and play a game. I'm sure it does. Um, I know that you know you and I talked last week, Sean, about, you know, them leaving on Thursday, which was kind of weird. And well, they left really late Thursday, too. So I think where they That's actually... another ar- thing. They arrived in London, I think, 8 a.m. local. I think was the... Yeah, Friday. Yeah. yeah. So, so they only had a day and a half, really, to... 
acclimate everything. Yeah, I, and it wasn't isn't the turf totally different at this this stadium compared to? Um, that's why Bakhtiari wasn't playing as much as he was supposed to. I'm not sure because I think I think technically Bakhtiari. Green Bay has the closest to Premier League turf or field conditions yep. with yep. the 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 natural grass with the like kind of the artificial uh, tie-in is what they call. I, I can't remember what the exact word is yeah. because they've got the. The turf like tied down, so you don't have like soldier field where mm-hmm. everything's slipping mm-hmm. and sliding. Um, so I think I think Green Bay is closest to that this side of the ocean, but it's also I think a little bit shorter too, which could lead to slickness and and whatnot too. But all in all, I just I I can't see again just the second half. I don't think that the Giants coaching staff is that great where they made all these adjustments at halftime and and that's why they beat Green Bay. Green Bay beat Green Bay. Yeah, I I I think so also. And you you also saw what has been the issue all year is that crossing routes beat Green Bay in every facet of the game. This week I thought Danny Dimes had a lot of really good passes on crossing routes and we had talked about i think mason did a play-by-play of it a couple weeks ago he's done it a couple times now with the crossing route being the kryptonite of the packers defense and and two last up until last week i've kind of understood it you know you've got different combinations of dbs that you're working with who don't have that same synergy they don't have that communication last week everybody was healthy or this last week against the giants everyone was healthy so unless it's truly just a matter, and I'm not making an excuse for it, I'm just, you know, the only thing I can think of is just they're not on the same page of recovering from having Jair and uh, Amos out for a week and a half, essentially, and they have to get that pr- communication back and practice this week. But I, I'm at a loss as to, you know, why it's still an issue. Because you're losing it in communication. That's what it is. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not you know, you have... You have the talent to stop it. Oh, exactly. And, you know, not that any of these individual res- or cornerbacks, you know, even throwing Jair in this conversation are... It's not like that they're individually all-world, but I'd feel a lot more comfortable if they didn't play such deep cover two as, in such deep zone as frequently as they do. I, just, I guess I don't... You know, we know this is an issue, and they just continue to be in this deep zone concept that they Joe can't Barry's get out of their own way in. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of it's Joe Barry. I agree with you on that. I think he's terrible. I, think I He hasn't proven anything to anybody. He was terrible in his first two stints, and he has not been great here. Uh, with all the talent and all the first-round picks um, that are on that, that, that defense right now, he, he is... He's got to do a hell of a lot better. I don't. I don't think that we're at the point to where we should be worried about his job or calling for his job or or whatever. But he's not on the right side of it either. Like he's got to do better. He's starting. The seat might start warming up here pretty quick. Well, and that's that's the thing, and I agree with you on that, Justin. Is by no means is his job in danger as of going into week six. But the talent that is on that defense, when you look at Devondre Campbell, um, 
Quay Walker, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Jair Alexander, those seven should be more than capable of covering a simple crossing route. Yeah. And I think that they truly are. I, I you know, individually and talent wise speaking, I think they are. I think the scheme is just that bad. Oh, yeah, I I, I forgot before or at the start of the show, I wanted to give Rasul Douglas a nuggie too. Because he played like crap on Sunday. He played horrible. He had three or four penalties and one one suplex. That yeah, he got, that he got called for. I, I I just thought he didn't he didn't play very good and for he got a little handsy and I I I think I think part of that you know they were calls but I think they were super soft like they were technically correct but I don't think it was consistent all game in that sense and I was kind of surprised by some of the calls that we did see on Sunday again that doesn't change the game no on any God, of these. No. The only one you look at is maybe that unnecessary roughness, which is... I didn't think it was dirty, per se. I didn't think it warranted... It was a, stupid. It, it didn't warrant a penalty, but it was stupid. It was just In that stupid. moment, you can't do that either. No, because I'm pretty sure that was going to give him a third third and long. Right. And then you give him a first down, so I don't know. And I thought we were going to get lucky with Saquon going down that it was going to be a little bit easier, but... They marched the well, ball right he, down the freaking. He have Matt Breida. Yeah, Matt Breida and who I haven't heard of in in yeah a good five years it feels like, and then Saquon comes back in and pops off a forty yard catch or whatever. Yeah, frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that's that's the big takeaway here is it's it's frustrating. You've got Darius Slayton running all over the. I mean, where. We're bring we're continuously bringing four guys, um, depending on Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, to do it all. Kenny Clark needs to step up. He hasn't been uh, what he should be that that worth the money that we're paying him to be. Uh, to be quite fair, uh, Jerron Reed hasn't lived up to the hype. Um, we're playing T.J. Slayton a hell of a lot more than. I think any of us would like to. I thought he uh, played Dean good, Lowry, though. I thought he played good on ooh, Sunday. Yeah, he was in there in Slayton, a few, yeah. few plays that... Slayton. I thought he... The problem is, is when you run a 3-4 defense, you need a true uh, Vince Wilfork type of player. Um, and they don't have that. Yep. They, they just don't have that. Um, Kenny Clark is not that. Kenny Clark is... Uh, a strong defensive end, a big, strong defensive end that can be a single team. Uh, he cannot hold himself against a double team. Uh, that's why they get ran on all over the place. Um, Jerron Reed does not do good in run protection. I'm sorry, guys. They, the, the personnel seems like it's great, but you might as well go back to Dean Lowry there playing alongside Kenny Clark. Uh, and at least stop the run. They can't do any of it right now, and that's got to be on Joe Barry. I, I disagree with you a little bit on Kenny Clark. I think Kenny Clark's had a very, very good year, and he was very disruptive early in that game. I, I'm curious on. I don't know what games you're watching. I don't know what games you're watching, <laughs> but I will say. 
the the offense did not help this defense out either this week. You know, these are pro athletes. They should be in game shape. But at the same time, they should not no, be no, 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 on the field. No. Eric, you are up 17-3 to in a National Football League game, and you are supposed to have a top three defense in the league. That game should be over at that moment, regardless of quarter, regardless of time. That game should be over. I don't There's disagree no with that. So, it's all on the defense. It's all on Joe Barry, to, in my point of view. It's all, the play calling has a little bit to do with it as, as much as taking time off the clock and throwing the ball 20 goddamn more times than running it with two maybe top 10 running backs in the league. At least one of them's a top 10 running back in the league. And he gets what? How many carries did he have? Eight or nine? Eleven? I'll look it up quick. That I, can't happen. What, what I, I do agree you with you. You money back $10 million, and, and it's ridiculous. I do agree with you that oh, that no. is on Joe Barry. I don't agree that I think, like I said, I just 13 carries for 63 yards, by the way, uh, for Aaron Jones. But I do disagree that I think um, just some of the personnel – I mean, yes, they're at fault, but I don't think they, you know, I don't think they've been as bad as as you're making them out to be. And again, when you have a seven minute drive to open the half, which you shouldn't have, because they that should be schemed better to stop them. I I wholeheartedly agree with you. You go three and out. You have another seven minute drive, and then you go three and out again. You're not doing any favors for your team. It still is the defense's fault for putting themselves in that situation. And Joe and Barry looks like a top fifteen defense to you all year. If you say yes, you're wrong. I think individual games they have. I think against Tampa Bay they did. I think against Chicago they did. Again, look at those teams. Look at those wide receivers in those games. Who threatens you? Cole Beasley, who they just got rid of? He retired. They didn't have Evans. They didn't have... They didn't have Godwin. They didn't have Jones. Who did Equinamia St. Brown scare you from Chicago? No, an individual talent. Like I do agree with you on that capacity too. I'm just saying that they didn't allow them to get beat. Like Darius Slayton doesn't scare me either. Yeah, but it's still a lot. They were those those two games were a lot closer than they should have been. Oh, wholeheartedly. For what the teams were. But in those games, you're only giving up. You give up seven, or you give up twenty-three in week one, and Justin Jefferson has a career game, sets a franchise record for first-half offense. Can't have that. Week two, you come back, you only allow ten against Chicago, which again, to to your point, Justin, they don't have offensive weapons in that game, but they still kept them out of the end zone except for the one time. Week two, you only give up twelve points. I think what one touchdown in that game? No, two. No one, one touchdown. That one at the end, and then. You have 24 points against the Patriots, which was mostly a late game collapse, and now 27 against the Giants. So those, which was a late late game collapse. Yeah, absolutely. So they can't finish games. No, and that's that's what it comes down to, and I, I, that's where I'm kind of curious on on where that you know I, I know the answer is Joe Barry, but is it just him kind of like you know getting half time? Uh, now what? Because the talent should be there. 
We know that. We all agree that the talent should be there. Yeah, totally. But, but where are you losing what, it? What exactly are you asking? What exactly are you asking? What I'm asking is, you know, you go into halftime, your defense looks usually incredible. You know, this week, I think it was, what, 20 to 10 and a half. Um, last week at half, I'm just trying to find the. Last week at half, it was 7 to 10. You were losing, but you only had given up 10 points in the first half. And that was a pick six, wasn't it? I believe, uh, yeah. No, yep, the pick six. So you're, that's not even your defense's fault. So really, you've given up three points in the first half last week, too. So at halftime, where are teams beating them? Where, where is it Joe Barry just not being as aggressive, getting too conservative? Is it the offense, you know, keeping the team off or keeping the defense on the field too long? Where Where is this becoming an issue in that second half of the games? Sean? I think it's just them not making adjustments at halftime. You know, you know the other. I agree with you, hundred percent. You you know the other team is making adjustments. You, I mean, they they said that the Giants were a second half team because of the adjustments they make at halftime, and you you definitely seen it. And the Packers didn't make the adjustments. It's I don't I don't know how else to put it, but that's that's all it is. Just getting out coached. Exactly. Just getting out coached. Put it bluntly. Joe Barry is lazy, and he's getting out coached. He's not making adjustments at halftime. He's ho-hum. He's running a ho-hum defense. Uh, a lot of zone in the back end and bringing four guys, uh, which is, you know, you might as well run nickel or you might as well run dime in that sense, uh, to be honest with you. He, he's lazy. He He's not making adjustments, and he's getting out coached. I, I would even throw Matt LaFleur in that. I really would. With with some of the also, offensive stuff, yeah. just because some of the stuff he's coming out with in the second half, you're why are why are we throwing deep balls when we have on play action that we haven't been able to run the ball? That was a lot of seen that quite a bit. So and we we haven't connected on a deep ball pretty much all year. Yeah, all year, yeah. And and that's the I think that's where I was kind of pointing at here. Like I said, the defense not helping the offense out, or the offense not helping the defense out. Like I said, you go a seven and a half minute drive, and you go three and out where you throw the ball three times, and it's not even a matter of you know you're not trying to dink and dunk like you should be. You're not hitting cross routes to to get it to be second and manageable, third and manageable. You're throwing okay. Here's Dobbs on a you know thirty yard corner route. Or here's Dobbs or, you know, Watson or Lazard on a 30-yard go route that isn't there or a post route that's not there. Or if it is there, you're just missing. Rodgers was missing by a lot on Sunday. Uh, that too. And I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, I, you know, I would love to, to kind of see as to... You know, truly, you know, and I know there's no way of truly to truly know this, but what he thinks is going to happen versus what the receiver, where the route they're running is. Because you can say a post route, right? And everyone knows, you know, most people must know what a post route is. You know, you go down and then truly to the post, you cross the field kind of gradually. So is it a matter of guys, 
either not being crisp enough or not finding that hole in the zone. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just kind of curious on where that miscommunication is, where he's missing that bad. Because I don't think it's the arm talent. The arm talent, like, you know, where you see he's overthrowing. It's, you know, yeah. it's not that his arm's not good enough to get it there. I think, like you said... Well, who believes play action when you don't run the ball? Well, yeah, there's that, too. There's, there's that too. But I'm, I'm saying just truly from the route concepts... Truly from the route concepts where you're missing the play, and maybe it's just like you said, you don't have time to throw the ball, and and you're looking, you know, you're just trying to chuck something up and get it out of your hand and hope that the guy runs underneath it. I think that's part of it too. Yeah, but you can't you can't count on that. Well, right, that's what is, I'm saying. Is is the biggest thing? No, I mean when we when we were used to be able to count on stuff like that when we had Jordy when you had. Jermichael Finley, you had James Jones. You knew, I think Rodgers knew where those guys were going to be, where he doesn't. But. So do you, that's right. Do you think it's just a miscommunication aspect? Do you think it's guys who, who don't, you know, they don't have that element of, okay, I got to break it off here, or I need to run this a little bit more crisp to be there? I, I, I think it is. I, I think it's a little bit of both, I guess. Because you could see a lot with the rookie rookie receivers are not getting their heads around as quick as they should where you watch a guy like Randall Cobb and he's always looking back at Rodgers and whenever you know the the patented scramble scramble drill that Rodgers is so known for but sure i i think i like i said i think it's both i don't think the, the receivers are in the right positions a lot of times either and maybe Rodgers is expecting something that he shouldn't expect. That makes sense to me. Justin, your thoughts? No, I totally agree with what Sean's saying. You know, Rodgers has to be better a little bit, too, in the end. It's, it's on him. I mean, he's the big money man. He's making the decisions. But... You can't. It's hard to get past the disappointment of the play calling on either side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so looking ahead, you know, you know, the league goes on, games go on. Uh, looking ahead this week, hosting the Jets, Packers, as we mentioned earlier in the show, opening up as a seven-point favorite um, against the New York Jets. Zach Wilson at the helm. Jets coming off a forty to seventeen win against the Dolphins. Granted, there was n- we didn't know who the quarterback ha- half the game was, but regardless, uh, pretty good offensive showing from the Jets um, in that game. Uh, Zach Wilson threw for fourteen of twenty-one, two hundred ten yards. Brees Hall eighteen carries, ninety-seven yards with a touchdown. Uh, receiving stats here for the Jets. Um, Corey Davis, the former Western Michigan product, was the leading wide receiver with uh, two catches for 38 yards. Brees Hall had two catches for 100. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Brees Hall's kind of fi- finally coming into his own for the Jets. Yeah, a lot. I think it looks like all the touchdowns were on the ground too. Uh, Brees Hall 18 for 97 with a touchdown. Michael Carter 10 for 21. 10 for 21, two touchdowns. Uh, Zach Wilson, four carries, two yards, one touchdown. And Braxton Berrios, 
the wide receiver with one carry, 15 yards, and a touchdown himself. Yeah. So, Jump. lots of running this weekend coming again. Yeah, I think I think I think they got to stop. They got to stop the run this week. It's gonna be if they don't stop the run, it's gonna be just like this last week. Yeah, for sure, and that's that's gonna be the interesting. You know, we saw. I think ground wise, the Packers contained Saquon on the ground pretty well. I think he had, uh, thirteen I think he had for 70. seventy and the touchdown, but thirteen carries, seventy yards uh, for the Packers against them. Uh, Daniel Jones, ten carries, thirty-seven yards. Don't love that, especially uh, on a bummy ankle. Yeah, Matt Breida four for fourteen. Brightwell two for five. Uh, Bellinger one for two, and Gillen one for minus three. But I believe that's the punter. Yeah, it's oh, the punter. Yep. So his minus three on the intentional safety, you'll kind of you can throw that three yards out. But yep. um, yeah, I, I I mean, I have faith the Packers are going to win this game. I don't, you know, I know I think I'm pretty sure I picked them, but do, I don't know if they win by seven. Do we really have faith? I mean, our our faith is pretty shaky. Yeah, you're not these, wrong. These past few weeks, I agree. They, I agree. They should have lost in New England. A couple of these are going to be 50-50 games. Yeah, they they could have lost in New England. Could have lost Tampa, really. Could have lost to Tampa. They they could be winless almost, <laughs> which which is pretty. You could be one and four. I mean, they went against the oh, the Bears. I, yeah, pretty convincing, but maybe the bear bear game you have a win. But other than that. If the, but that if, was that was a that was a goal line stop from being a game. That's yeah, true too. That's true too. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Our our faith is pretty shaky with the Packers right now. I still, to be honest with you, like I said, I still have enough faith where I think they win Sunday. Um. I, I hope this is a wake up game, but I don't I the 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 faith or lack of faith that I have isn't that they can win this game, it's that they can respond to a game like this last week. So if they win by win on a last second field goal, is that a response or is it? No, that's what I'm saying. It's like no, that's that's what I'm saying. Is do they respond by having a game that we are used to seeing? That's where my lack of faith is. I think Green Bay wins this game. I My faith isn't that they win. My faith is that they don't respond, quote-unquote, properly. From what we should expect and what we're used to seeing from what the Packers have been for most of our lifetime. Yeah. they got to put up 30. I would love to see that because they haven't put up 30 all year. Yeah, they have Well, they suppose they were close, but... I, I I agree. For me to feel comfortable, I need to see them put up thirty. And if they can, if they would have to win this game, I think for me to be comfortable with things, thirty to fourteen, thirty to ten, something like that. I mean, we're at we're at a status here, guys, where yes, the Packers are favored by seven. This is an over under forty six. Yeah. Give me the under. Packers are averaging nineteen point four points per game. Terrible. Scoring. That's terrible. The Jets are averaging twenty three point two. I'm I'm almost willing to bet that's in the lower half of the NFL. Oh, 100 percent it is. 
but I it's hard to it's just it's just hard hard to say. I think they got they got to come and blow, blow out in order to for that's twenty second in the NFL by the way. Yeah, twenty second out of thirty two. The leading team in the league is the Kansas City Chiefs at thirty one point eight. Then Buffalo, then Detroit's putting up twenty eight a game right now. Well, They're who, third in the league. What's what's last? Last in the league is the Colts at thirteen point eight. So, Denver's at fifteen at thirty one. Pittsburgh's at fifteen and four. So you are closer. To Pittsburgh, Denver, and Indianapolis, who we've talked about in some of the worst camps <laughs> exactly. in this season. Uh, the last, the bottom ten, so from Indianapolis to Green Bay, I can genuinely say there's only, I'm surprised by a couple teams in here, but not really. The Colts are at 13.8. Denver's at 15. Pittsburgh's at 15.4. The Rams are, the Rams are at 16. That kind of surprises me. Rams haven't been very good this year, though. The Texans are at 17.2. Chicago's at 17.2. Uh, the Commanders are at 18. Carolina's at 18.6. Dallas is at 18.6. And then Tennessee at 19.2. Then the Packers at 19.4. Yeah. I'm amazed, though. I mean, that's, that is, what, three, four playoff teams? Did did you see the power rankings for t- for this week already? I did not know. The Packers are ranked seventh in the power rankings. Why? How are they even even talked about being in the top ten at this point? I think because of the potential on paper. I mean, that's really what it comes down to: is you have Aaron Rodgers, and on paper you should have a good defense. Yeah, but we also thought that about Oakland this year too. Vegas. Or Vegas, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, and they've been terrible this year. To their credit, though, the the Raiders are eighth in the league putting up 25 a game. Yeah, they've put up a lot of points, but just their defense sucks. Right. So, Justin, your kind of final thoughts as we kind of wrap up the Packer talk here ahead of the game against the Jets. Pretty much. more than what we've already <laughs> said, boys. Ooh, I mean, we've been at this one for a while. I mean, it's, just, it's got to be better. It's got to be the play calling's got to be better. The the adjustments got to be better. Um, the the mindset of it has to be better. It's, just, it's disappointing. It's it's all got to be better. The offensive line play's got to be better. I. I Everything's got to be better, and I don't know where I could stop saying it has to be better. You know, I think you hit something. I'm just my kind of final thoughts here. I think you hit something. I think that's that mindset. Um, you know, we know we know you know the, uh, that that has gone. The announcers bring it up every week, but I think in a lot of ways, you know, Rogers and the offense are kind of struggling to find that identity. Um, we actually even saw, I think, at times where Rogers had that locked-in mentality with Randall Cobb this last week. Because things weren't going the way they were supposed to and the way he wants them to. So he locked in on Cobb um, as a security blanket. Which I'm not, I'm not even saying I don't understand, but it's what happened. We've had Jair on a constant basis, you know, for all his talent. Um, you know, being very outspoken about different things that have rubbed a lot of people in the building the wrong way. Whether it be wanting to play a man against Jeff- Justin Jefferson, being very outspoken against that. Um I believe he, him and Rodgers had a little bit of a back and forth 
through the media talking about how they needed to lose this last week and just some of the things. So I don't think they're on the same page in that element either. So I think big thing, like you said, Justin, is mindset and kind of making 100%. sure that they can all be on the same page and be the team that we all think on paper they should be. There's no doubt about it. It's got to be <laughs> everything you said, everything I said, everything Sean said. It's all the way around. It's just run the goddamn ball. That too. It's not that, hard. <laughs> that too. Yeah. That too. Enforce some turnovers. I think. I think. I think you force right. some turnovers, and that's another thing. Yes. That has that Sean, that great. hasn't been done much this year. With. I mean, Rashawn Gary's gotten pressure, but I, I feel like Rashawn Gary's the only one that's gotten pressure this year. Yeah, you're not wrong. Well, certainly is, certainly isn't, uh, certainly isn't Eric's buddy there, Kenny Clark. I think the numbers would speak the opposite. Shit. I think the numbers not, would speak not, the opposite. Not for what we're paying them. He should, still he, should, numbers he, should be put, he should be putting up Aaron Donald numbers for what you're paying him. And Aaron, Aaron Donald's getting double teamed and triple teamed every every week and still putting up numbers. I I feel like who is who is the guy? TJ Slayton, right? Sure. I feel like he played a better game this week than Kenny Clark did. Fair enough. I'll let it go at that. I'm not gonna we're not going to continue well, this. Don't want to argue? Come on. Nah, well, I'll let it go. Yeah, come on, Eric. I'm going to let it go. I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm. let you guys have your moment here. Oh, so so that when Kevin Clark plays plays bad again this week, we can we can recoup on this? Nah. Well, we'll talk about it next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, boys. As we all know, it is now closing time for the Rupert Wisconsin show. And our bar of the week, I'm going to go into my favorites. I've been to a couple times my buddy Dylan. We're going south of 29 at Willie Beeman's in Nina. Uh, fun little bar. Uh, great food. It is a pirate-shaped ship-shaped bar in a relaxed atmosphere. Great food. Great drinks. Uh, Nina. Uh, pretty, I believe, pretty close to a golf course too, named after the f- fictional Miami Sharks quarterback Willie Beeman in any given Sunday. Uh, 4.3 stars on Google with over 500 reviews. Uh, kind of looking at it here, the most recent review coming four months ago, five stars from Teresa. Not only is this venue a fun place to visit, we had great food, great service, and all around great experience. Bartenders were polite and prompt with our drinks. Love the outdoor patio. Nothing negative to say about this place. Great fish fry. One of the best in the area. Thank you for the great experience. They got an eating challenge? Let's see. <laughs> I see that they, they proclaim themselves the home of the Mad Cow Burger. This thing's got a huge burger, so maybe they do. Mad Cow Burger. We got to hear about that. Yeah, let me let me pull it up, the description of this, uh, this burger here. Just a moment. Yeah. It's got a 96 out of 100 health score. Even better. <laughs> With a mad cow burger? <laughs> How the hell does a bar and grill have a 96 out of 100 health score? Great management. <laughs> That's not the angle to go to here. Oh, here we go. Still don't know if you're going to have enough. Oh, yeah. Huh? 
All right, where are our burgers? The Mad Cow Burger. Ooh, here's a bad one from December. We're not reading those, Justin. Why not? Slanders? Because we're spotlighting them. We're, we're shouting them out. All right, so here is the Mad Cow Burger. Was a fun burger. Two and a half pounds on our special season <laughs> blend of... <laughs> Blue. Two and a half pounds. <laughs> blend of beef smothered with a mound of cheddar cheese, onions, lettuce, pickles, and tomatoes served on a special made-from-scratch bakery bun, served on a bed of Willie's fr fresh French fries and sliced pickles. If you, it's a twenty-four ninety-nine burger, but if you can eat it less than thirty minutes, it's yours free under Moo Moo Buckaroo. <laughs> <laughs> That's doable. That's doable. So that is the. That's our, our food challenge, but also, like I said, the Willie Beeman shout-out, the Mad Cow Burger, Moo Moo Buckaroo, 30 minutes, and it's yours for free. We got to do one of these eating challenges at some point. We do, for sure. Well, two and a half pounds. Look at that son of a bitch. Holy cow. <laughs> Definitely. That, that Man, is a big burger. Slap you right in the face. <laughs> Holy cow. Son. Man. That, it's served in like a pizza, I don't like know a like a freezer pizza serving tray. Yeah, I could eat that son of a bitch, no doubt. Could you do it in thirty minutes? Hell no. That is a big burger. Holy cow, Sean! Look at this. That's oh, a yeah. big burger. Yeah, that's that's definitely doable. In a half hour. All right, so that leads us to what we are rooting for in the upcoming week. And, Sean, I'll let you lead this off. What are you rooting for in the upcoming week? Uh, I'm rooting for a good weekend of going to Wisconsin Dells. We're going to the Dells this weekend for for the weekend. Going to do some hiking, water parks. Get this place. Are you still on this? Yeah, I don't get this. Anyways, this is a topic for another day. <laughs> Going to the Dells, John. Yep. Yep, me and the fiance and then Mark and Hannah are going. Are you bringing your swim trunks? Yep, yep. I, I think oh. everything outside's closed, but... The oh. go-kart tracks? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know all the water stuff is, get, but I don't get, know about amusement, par you amusement parks. You get traction in the cold. Well, of course you do. What I'm talking about. I'm a bit bummed that we're go not going. I know with um, we were invited to go as well because my brother and his fiance are going. We were Sean and I were going to go, but with uh, with Chelsea having the baby and just not knowing, you know, a couple months ago where we were going to be and when, and then the Packers having that n noon game on Sunday, I I'd have to be back early Sunday morning. So I I'm rooting for you guys to have fun. Wish we could be there with you guys. Should be a good time. I'm um, looking forward to a lot of the food trucks. There's a food, food truck like uh, what do I want to call it? Food truck, food truck ring. Okay. Circle. Sure. Something and there's bun like ten different food trucks and I'm excited to go try all the different stuff. Yeah, I'm rooting for you on that. And mini golf. Nice. Get a tattoo. No, I'm not getting a tattoo. <laughs> I think he's too afraid of needles. I don't like needles. Okay. Pretty sure you do. You have any, Justin? Nope. What What's your issue? I don't want a tattoo. <laughs> I, have, 
I have no want of a tattoo in my in, in holy god look at the size of that burger for Christ's sake <laughs> man <laughs> Oh, look, something shiny. <laughs> it's the size of that dude's chest. Oh, my God. I could eat that 20 minutes. No doubt. Moo, moo, buckaroo. Justin, what are you rooting for? Uh, I am rooting for a Badger win. Uh, we end our season Thursday night. So by the time our fans listen to this show tomorrow night, uh, look for the score. As we look to end the season on a winning note, it's been a great season. We've done some great things. Uh, we've had some highs. We've had some lows. Uh, proud of our guys. Proud of our parents. Proud of our coaches. Proud of everybody a part of the program. That includes you, Big E. Uh, appreciate all your help uh, with the program this year. Uh, we'll be in Oneida Thursday night. Uh, so I'm super excited to end the season on a great note, on a win. Um and then I'm, I'm excited, you know, to be honest with you guys, I, we've been at this thing hard since uh, the start of July. I'm just I'm really just kind of looking forward to uh, getting done with work on the work day and then coming home and seeing my wife and my kids and, and getting a little R&R before uh, we dive back into it at, at some point later down the road. So, But, yeah, Badger win, Gillette win, all of the alls, and, and go get it done. All right, I'm going to go the same. I'm going to root for all those things that happen, too. Uh, big weekend of football coming up here. I'm excited to see our niece, as Shauna mentioned, little PJ Penelope being born. Um, get to go visit hopefully a couple times this weekend, I'm thinking. But uh, very excited to have her around and mom and baby both healthy. Everything's good to go. So very excited for that. And, hope you know, like we said, just watch some football uh, and hope the Packers can get on the right track, too. So... For Shauna, who is no longer in the room, she's busy shopping online and spending all my money and hers. Uh, and Sean and Justin, I'm Eric the Biggie, signing off for Root for, Root for Wisconsin Show. Easy for me to say. Episode 91 is in the books. We're out. See ya. See ya. Salut.